0: Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, (laughs) whatever time of day it is for you and wherever you are in the world. I do indeed wish to welcome you, not wish to. I am welcoming you too. Wow, what a show. This is the live podcast outreach of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts, and I am your host, Phyllis. I am so glad to be with you tonight, and I do hope that We can get some uh, traction, gain some traction, as they would say, in God's word. I began, of course, by always saying that uh, the 19th Psalm reminds us that the heavens declare the glory of God, that uh, the firmament shows forth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. I tell you, there is no greater than the Word of God in the earth. It's like a song to me. I told you that before, and I meant it. It is a wonderful thing. And tonight, I want to um just continue. Uh, last week, we had this wonderful, wonderful discussion, talk from uh, Tony Ritchie. It was so good. He highlighted for us many points that we should remember. And number one was that God cannot fail. There is no failure in God. Good evening, Tony. As you can see, I have been feasting on that talk that you brought to us. I am so thankful that you uh, were uh, here and, and you did and said what you did and said. It was very good. And you know, nothing beats a... Um, a, a witness of God from someone who's actually witnessed God. <laughs> if you've gone through and if you know his hand and his handiwork in your life, then you are a psalm, an epistle read of men by your very actions, your life, and your witness of him by by your words. So tonight I want to kind of continue kind of continuing that vein. It would be lovely to go back over. Sometimes I think we move too fast through presentations, right? That uh, there's so much in in a particular talk that we could talk about even more. Uh, but you know, that's me and I don't want to kind of bore other people to tears with my methods. But I love the fact that we are able to gather. And I don't think that our gathering should be so structured that we don't have time to review some things. It is good to review. And Tony, what you gave us last week was worth a little bit of review. Um, you, You brought out that one. I can't get away from that. Uh, that in God, there's no failure. So in our faith, there is no failure. God did not call us. He didn't do all that he did to redeem us, to leave us now in the earth, unable to manage our faith. I talked once on on the subject of, um, uh, it's just not for me. Right. And and so many times I've listened to people talk about God and they just don't know how to grasp everything that uh, he has given to us. And so they think that there is a failure. They don't believe that there is a truth in what they are trying to live out. Right. And I say. To whoever will hear me right, that if God is God, He deserves as much of your effort to find him out as anything in your life you've ever endeavored to find out. We go to school, you know, we do that grueling thing of 12 years of post, I mean, pre-college years, you know, you go to this school and every day of your life, I used to hate it. I really did. I mean, I literally hated school with all that is in me. I just didn't want to do that. But I did it because I was um, imposed upon by parents, you know, and the expectations. So I did high school, graduated. Thank you, Jesus, because I, <laughs> I didn't put a lot of effort into doing that, but I did. And um, better than I thought I would. Then I went off to college, same deal, because I had not planned to go to college, you know, my mother and, my older sister just got me ready and sent me right off there in August. I was had spent the summer with my dear sister who I see online tonight, Donnie. And I you know I thought it was free, but I was poor as Joe's turkey, so I needed to do something. I didn't have a job. And I went back home. Oh my gosh, and they just carted me off to this place. And it's only by the grace of God. I'm telling you, the hand of God has been on this life forever because I was very lethargic. I did not have a lot of energy for anything that was future. My desire was in the moment. I wanted to dance. I wanted to uh, do theater. And I did it, you know. But the Lord just planned it all out so that it all kind of fit in with this thing I call school. And so by the grace and help of the Almighty Father, I did it, right? But there was effort in it. And that's what I'm making a, a comparison to. That's my story. You have a story of those things that you've done that you had to give effort to. You had to put energy and time into it for it to become a reality. And if God is God, your creator, and the one who opposed this world, doesn't he warrant effort. I mean, of all things that you can seek in life, he should be number one. And yet so many people have no desire to know him. And I think it is because, as my younger child told me, um, the face uh, of him is in Christian life. And you meet Christians who are, they're not really Christians at all. How can you be a Christian and not have a love and compassion for every man. It isn't just that we point our love and, you know, set our focus on the internal kingdom, which is a wonderful place. And we should prefer, according to God's word, one another greater than the next. We should esteem each other. But God so loved the whole world and so when we are born again of His Spirit and brought up in His kingdom, nurtured by His hand, taught by His word, we should become like Him, right? Jesus Christ being the model, God in the flesh, we should become more like Him. And if He so loved the world, okay, You and I, telling you, you got to get down and, you know, love the world. I'm sorry. As bad and awful as things are, as wild and crazy as it seems, we have to still be a witness and to reach out for those who are sinking. We want everyone to come to know salvation because if there is salvation, there is also the opposite. There is a place where there is no salvation, right? After this life, we're entering into, according to the word, an eternity. And those of us who know Christ will enter into eternal rest with him in his presence, ruling and reigning with him. And those who do not will enter into the abyss where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. It has to be most miserable. So we don't want to see people uh, do that. We don't want to see them fall. And yet the word also uh, warns us that narrow is the way and few there be that find it, but broad is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to obtain eternity and, and the life that we are seeking but the other way is very broad, and you know that from living as a person who is striving in Christ. It is a very narrow way. In other words, you can't veer off and go way out yonder somewhere in either direction, because it is outside of the will and plan of God for your salvation. He wants us to walk steadfast, unmovable, abounding in His work. He wants us wants us He, he we use that phrase, but God has has said to us, do not, do not waver, be steadfast, move forward. He told, uh, Jesus Christ told a young uh, rich man who wanted to know how he could, you know, uh, obtain eternal life. He said, go and sell all that you have, right? And uh, that was too much for that little guy. He He walked away. Right. Because there is a requirement. It is a righteous requirement. And that requirement is what stamps our faithfulness, our love and our desire for God. So we are willing to give up a few things in order to obtain the best thing. And the best thing is salvation through Jesus Christ, walking with God while we're here in the earth and obtaining and and reaching into that eternal place where we all want to reunite with those that we have known. Though I don't think we're going to be all that aware of them as we know them in the earth. I think that we will be totally uh, without any uh, emotional ties to those things that were. But we are going to love everybody because we will have been transformed and become like our Creator God, like Jesus Christ, who sacrificed all for Himself, uh, for for each of us, all of Himself for each of us. Tonight, I want to quickly, uh, well, and I say quickly because I'm not. gonna I hope, Lord, I, you know, I just don't want to do a whole bunch of expounding, because I believe that the word of God speaks to us each individually. And so I respond to it my way. And that's what you hear. But when you hear his word, you respond to it from from the, the place that God is intending it to um, move into you and pull out some things in you, right? So I um, have been talking on enduring. You know, I, it's just not working for me. Like I, I said, you know, I quoted this one guy's not working for me. But I'm saying it's not working for you because you really don't know how to grasp, how to respond. You probably haven't read and meditated. You haven't sought. You haven't gotten on your face before the Lord and cried out for deliverance. You haven't asked him for discernment. You haven't told him or asked him to guide you with his eye, to speak to your heart, your mind, so that you know what to do when. See, that's the seeking. And it doesn't come by going to church every Sunday alone. It doesn't come by, you know, taking five minutes in a devotional or, you know, going to these, uh, what did we do? I used to go to a lot of uh, retreats and things like that. You know, you get it. it, it there, there's stuff that comes to you, but ultimately it is my belief, my experience that God comes to me as I seek him with a diligence. And so tonight I am going to read from Second Peter. Now I told you I wasn't going to read last time from the Timothy books because I think just what I said is that <laughs> when you do it yourself, you're getting so, so much more than you're going to get from you know me doing it. However, some people are better uh, uh, what informed when they hear a thing. I am better informed when I read it for myself. Because I can hold it, you know, but I am going to read tonight because I think the Holy Spirit instructed me to do this. But I'm, and i and I'm a King James reader, but I'm not reading from the King James tonight. I should read it first there, and then I should turn around and read it from the Amplified, which is what I want to do. Oh boy, but that's a, okay. So that, and, and really and truly, It is so great. I'm going to get us started, but then I'm going to greatly encourage and urge everyone to finish it off by yourself. But I want to show you that the epistles, like I said last week, are the extension of what Jesus Christ was teaching and did teach when he was in the earth, what he demonstrated and showed us in his life. He trained disciples, right? And those disciples then had to continue in after he was gone, after the ascension. He sent the Holy Spirit. And by the same spirit, he gave to the writers of the epistles, the same spirit of the Old Testament writings, the same spirit of him quoting those old, mostly Deuteronomy. Jesus Christ did a lot of quoting of uh, scripture, right? And the same spirit that was in him, he imparted now to those who were going to die like he did for him, for the, the masses, die moving this gospel through the earth. And so there, by their spirit, words were penned. The, the spirit of God in them, words were penned. And those penned words are our epistles. It is what we can use as guidelines. And in these guidelines, we find out what he has given to us, how much he has imparted to us that we might indeed grasp the understanding and live out our faith, we will grow into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. Well, not completely, probably, but we will grow towards that. We will walk into the very salvation that God has given to us. So um, I'm going to start Oh, uh, by defining some words, and um, and I'm going to look into the King James, of course. Uh, that's going to be my first read, and so I'm reading from Second Peter, the very first chapter. Now, I want to go uh back though to first the First Peter. I'm, I'm reading Second Peter, first chapter, but I'm going to go back to uh First Peter and read the first. Uh, words in the first chapter, and the reason I want to do that is because Peter is addressing the uh, the church at out there, away from him. So he says in in the first uh, chapter, or First Peter, Peter he identifies himself, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's who he was ordained to be. Uh, to the strangers, he probably hadn't met them, scattered throughout Pontus. Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. See all those places? Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Five different church groups. He calls them strangers scattered throughout, right? So he's writing to these churches and he calls them, of course, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, uh, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. He then lays a blessing on him grace unto you and peace, may it be multiplied. The grace of God, the favor of God, that which is non judgmental from God on you and His peace, that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that has within it everything that we need. These are the people to whom these letters went out and written by the spiritual empowerment of Peter the Apostle. Of Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I get started reading these epistles, and I, I mean, I, I just don't want God's word. Once I start, it's like, oh, 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 I need to keep reading. So I'm asking the Lord tonight for discipline. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, hold me fast to your plan that I may not stretch it out according to my own delight, in the name of Jesus Christ. And bless us, oh God, in the reading of this word. Help us to open our ears that we do hear and that each one of us apply what we hear to our specific needs and our own desires to grow up in you. I pray and thank you for it because your word does not fail. You do not fail. To those who seek you, you have told us we shall surely find you. And so you will surely work for us. When I say work, I don't mean we putting you to work. I'm saying it's going to work out for our good, as you've already told us. I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And to everyone, I say good evening. How about that? Hallelujah. So here we go. Simon Peter, 2 Peter Chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you, Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be. Partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I tell you, when I am down, when I don't kind of know which way God is taking me, when I have no idea about what is going on with me. I read God's word. If I read his word, I am lifted up. This little song says, you lift me high above those uh, earthbound things. And like a bird, I am soaring free. Johnny Erickson Tata wrote the song and sings it. She is a paraplegic from age I think she was 18, just off to college, dived in a swimming pool, hit the bottom of that pool and is paralyzed ever since. And yet when you hear her sing through God's word, when you hear Johnny deliver the word, that song becomes so real. You really know that there is a God who keeps us. In the hardness. Oh, let, you know, week before last, before Tony, I said, endure hardness from 2 Timothy, endure that hardness like a good soldier. But how could we do it if he didn't help us? And in these words, Paul is, I mean, Peter is assuring us that everything we need to be that person has been given us and so i'm going to uh, uh define the words he says add to your faith there's so much in here but i'm going to read it from the amplified i just want to define the words first and besides it's give diligence giving diligence diligence you know what diligence is it is going through you know it, it, it isn't me going to school it was me dancing i gave diligence to learning the technique you know, being a little child from the South and not having uh, had the privilege of studying early in life, I gave diligence to it. Once it came to me, the opportunity, I tried with all my being to develop and to become. And um, you know, God gave me a slight reward, a little reward in that, right? Diligence matters so you can't say you're being diligent if you only read uh two verses you know every two weeks that's not diligence <laughs> diligence is a, a a real real following hard after god so he says add to your faith virtue and virtue is behavior showing high moral standards you know in today's world we forget that morality is a requirement from God. We have to have a righteous way, a holy lifestyle. So we need moral character. We need a change of heart in a world where morality is just perverted every which way. I turned on the TV to watch a what I thought was going to be a very interesting story. Oh my goodness, I couldn't get past like the first five minutes before in front of my eyes with these pornographic scenes, not one but two switching back and forth. Oh my goodness, I was astounded. I'm saying how many young people are watching this mess and thinking that this is God's way. Well, not God's way. They think that this is a way because this is the world and is what they're being shown. I say turn off the television and throw it outside if you have young children in that house because you never know what's going to be on that screen when you turn it on, be careful. Guard your mind. And I teach the GED class. I told the young lady today that very thing because the Kaplan, you know, the book that we use, has a lot of really good uh, text it, with good d- direction for young people. So we were reading something like that, and I just had to tell her. She's seventeen. Guard your mind. Do not allow the world to define or or to direct your standard for moral life. It will indeed be of value to you and it will direct you into a happier, more peaceful existence. Morality, virtue, Add to your faith virtue. So if we've come to Christ and we have not been virtuous, when we come in, we get virtuous. <laughs> I, you know, I, you get these young uh, men around pornography is rampant in this world, in this United States. Many pastors. I was on a mission trip and they, the guy told me so many pastors are hung up with, with uh, pornography. They're addicted to this mess, right? And so it's a real struggle. It is an addiction too, because once you get there, and that's the problem. Once you grasp hold to something that is not good for you, letting it go, it was much easier to grab it, but letting go of it is not quite the same easy, right? So you fast and you pray and you add to your own faith, virtue. And then he says to virtue... Uh, add knowledge. Remember when I start, I quote Psalm nineteen: "Night unto night shows knowledge, but the knowledge of who God." Because in um in his uh, opening statement in the first one, he says that we we are uh, uh, this one. I'm sorry, in this one, he says we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue we get the um uh the, the the matters that we need to live this life in a godly way through the knowledge that we get of of God who has called us into virtue the more you learn about him the more you understand his ways the more we uh, uh seek him right the more knowledge we acquire and that knowledge is how we get to a state of life because we're dead in trespasses and sins before we come to him life and godliness and uh we become more like him i'm going to just do one thing in in a moment if you don't mind i'm going to send i meant to do this earlier send this um, invitation to someone who I think would greatly benefit from it. So, okay. So through, we add to our virtue knowledge. Now, one thing too, I want to say this, that um, to be virtuous is not to go around uh, touting that you're virtuous. That is pride. To be virtuous is simply to be virtuous. (laughs) You don't have to tell anybody because it will be known. People know what they're looking at when they see it, they recognize it, you know? And, um, so the knowledge of God prepares us to understand that the, the, the heart is desperately weak and we got all this other stuff going on. So no need to boast in your virtue, just boast in Jesus Christ, because it is, it is through him that either you have been kept or that you are changed and being kept. So It is not for uh, uh, that kind of thing. And you don't have to put anybody else down because they were not virtuous or they didn't achieve the same thing. You know, it is not that. The knowledge of God really does open our minds and hearts to understand the fullness of our own sin nature. We understand how deep our fallen nature is, how far below the standard of God we fail in, in in being uh, the children in, uh, of, you know, uh, Adam and Eve, which I don't put it on Adam and Eve because God gave them free will to choose and evil draws us in such a way and it doesn't come like it doesn't look like evil. It looks like pleasure. It looks like fine clothes. You know, it is fine wine. It's the, you know, it's the life being the life of the party, it comes in so many forms that we have to learn to recognize that. That's the knowledge of God working through us to be able to discern where it is coming from. And so that is a real point that I want you to hold on. And what is knowledge? It's information. It is acquired skill by a person through experience or education. Uh, it is the uh, theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. God is our subject. And through our seeking him and reading and digging into his word, we acquire facts about him. We get more information about him. And we become skillful as we die in our flesh to living more like him so we add knowledge and then we add to knowledge temperance temperance is the quality of the uh, being self restrained it is moderation in all things you want to st- not, not go overboard in anything you, rec- you you know you obtain a moderate way of living a self controlled way In your speaking, our speaking, I never want to say your. I always want to include myself. We learn to speak kinder to people. We learn to not speak if we don't need to say it, right? We need to hold back from time to time. We want to understand and try to hear from the spirit of God when we should do a thing. And so our restraint comes from us being in, uh connected to and hearing from the Holy Spirit being guided that way, and then we add to uh, temperance, patience, and this is the capacity to accept or tolerate a delay in things right You probably have heard well you you we pray, you know we ask the Lord for this, that, or the other, he may delay giving it to you because some preachers say, you know, he wants to raise you up in this way or whatever, right? But a delay. When we uh, want something, we're no longer those, uh, you know, people who run without patience, just run. Now, do we do it? Of course, you know, and I probably am chief at it, but you just go and do something without first knowing or understanding that this may uh, be God's will or not. See, so we add patience to that. But we also, in our patience, are, we don't get upset and angry when people are not Uh, moving fast enough for us or joining us on on our bandwagons or doing the things that we want them to do the way we want them to do it. You know, it's a deep, deep kind of uh, understanding of all these words that will get us into a better place to understand where God is taking us. And of course, to now our patience, we want to add godliness. It is the quality of being devout pious even, being religious. Now in religious, here I mean the routine of it all, the ritual of life. I said in one podcast that I really liked farming because I like the ritual of the farmer's connection to the seasons and the soil. It is an ongoing cyclical Happening that farmers are so aware of, they have to be because it is by the cycles of the, the, the of the year the cycles of seasons that they grow crop or they do whatever it is they're doing to bring food to the table of people who are waiting for them to bring it forth right It is not um religiosity as we've heard that word so <laughs> used and in, in in such a Way that um, causes you not to want to ever say the word, but it is a really good word, by the way. It is the continuation, the, the the continual cycle of doing whatever it is you're doing. So in this case, it's godliness. It is being devout. It's constantly in the seeking mode in relationship to our Father. It is in a constant receiving mode. In relation to what he is leading you to do through and by the Holy Spirit. It is a pious life. Um, the rituals of prayer, for example, and they don't feel like rituals because we love him and we do it because we want to do it, right? He's brought us to a place where we really do want to spend a lot, a good, good time with him. And then to this, um, uh, Godliness, we add brotherly kindness, and this is uh, a a the the, the uh, Greek word signifies uh, p- people taking hands together, being connected, holding together. Uh, your brother, and my brother, in the faith, we are joined as one, and it means the love of brothers. It describes the love which Christians cherish for each other as brethren. Now, you probably haven't seen a lot of that because I surely have not. In the faith, when you go to church, you don't really, 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 really be taking hands with lots of people, right? You don't kind of get close to them like that. But now that we know and we're reading through the word of God, we become agents of those who will grab the hands. We will connect. We will bring brotherly kindness into the arena that we are participating in. And don't stand back, please. There is a need, there is a great need for us to be these people in the church and therefore in the world. The witness of Christ is in how we live it out. We don't have to say it. We live out our faith by showing the the goodness Uh, of God through our relationships with others. And then to brotherly kindness, we add charity. It is a voluntary giving of help. It is, uh, you can help by giving money or you can help by giving your time. You help by giving uh, a good, kind word. You can help by uh, leading through your understanding of a salvation, bringing people, compelling them to come to know Christ, to be relieved of the burdens of life. This is provided for us in our relationship with God. And we do it by praying for it, for allowing God to move us so that we become more these people. We're adding to it. The, uh, the apostle writes that we die daily, daily, daily to the flesh. And this is what lives as we die to the flesh. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We are new creatures, but we only will get it when we understand what Peter says in the beginning. To them that have obtained, a like faith is is a costly faith jesus christ died on the cross to redeem us from the curse of the law and from the fear of the satan's grip and death on us he did that and so that precious faith cost a lot and then we obtain it. We actually experience a moment in time when we accept that God had to do this for us, which is why I believe we have to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. It is a moment in your prayer that you say, I know what you've done. I know how much you loved me. I know that my access comes because somebody paid the price for me and that somebody is Jesus Christ. We recognize what is going on, right? And so we've obtained this precious faith. And then he goes on to say uh, that according to his divine power, God has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness, And that he did through the knowledge of him that that called us, him, God, through the knowledge that he has to have called us into glory and to virtue. And he has given to us these great and precious promises so that by them we become partakers of his nature. In that we've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Y'all, there's so much lust in the world. It's not just sexual lust. It's greed, you know, and it's just, you know, status and it's just lust. People just wanting what they don't need to have and that will not affirm life. And uh, we've escaped this corruption, though. And then because we have all of this, we now want to add to our faith. Add to that which has been given to us these particular um, characteristics, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. It's a wonderful thing what God has done we can't out we can't outdo him. Not on any level can we outdo God in, in nothing. We, you know, we're just so dependent on him. He just really is our all and our everything. And if we recognize that, we are going to be <clears throat> more than willing to, through diligent effort, excuse me, <coughs> add to our faith And, you know, we can't do it. You can't do it. I can't really do it. The way that we achieve this is by bowing the knee in submission, in prayer. And when you see that you're not getting over, fast and pray. Because sometimes things are strongholds in us. It's been so embedded in us that we really are not quite able to let go On our own. And then some things come almost like miraculously by just making the choice. Right. I remember I was a smoker and I had never considered that smoking was a sin. And I was going to church and, you know, just glorifying the Lord and giving him praise and all that stuff. And then people started to talk about me. A good friend of mine called me a hypocrite. Then I was at a party. I wasn't, I don't think I was smoking. But anyway, this woman saw me with a glass in my hand. I was in a particular, I was you know—I was at a friend's house. She was serving uh, drinks, but I was drinking, um, what was it? Uh, tonic water, right? And we were talking about Christ. And the woman who was sitting there amongst us said, look at her. Oh, hypocrite. She's got a drink in her hand. Thank God she said it to my friend who said, I beg to differ, darling. Phyllis is drinking tonic water, you know. So we are being watched all the time, especially if you profess Christ. You are being watched. I'm being watched. What we say, what we do, how we walk, all of that bespeaks the fact that God is real in us. He actually has transformed me. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with a, you know, a a little glass of wine if you want to drink it or whatever. I'm not, that's not my point in this matter. My point here is that we should be uh, diligent in seeking the Lord so that he adds to us everything that we need since he has already given it to us, everything that pertains to life and godliness. I go now and I'm going to read the exact same scriptures from the Amplified and you just listen and please write or note whatever hits hits your ear and speak back to me. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ. To those who have received and possessed by God's will a precious faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being be multiplied to you in the true intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. For this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. And in moral excellence, knowledge, insight, understanding. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, steadfastness. And in your steadfastness, godly Godliness and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love. That is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you Be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. For by doing these things, actively developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and will live a life that leads others away from sin. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly provided to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are glorious in your way. There is none greater. There is none more magnificent. You definitely deserve to be called awesome. Oh, Father, we bow our knee to you. And we thank you that you have given to us these precious promises and that by your empowerment of the spirit, we are able to obtain even being reckoned already the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You walk us to it as we live this life. And I pray, my Father, and I thank you that this very night, we will begin to view our relationship with you as a transformed relationship. We are new creatures. We are not the same as we were, nor are we blind or deaf, or lame, and unable to obtain, because you have healed us. Oh God, you've healed us from the very sinews of our uh, structure to the flesh of us. God, you have called us out of darkness. You have brought into us, Lord, light, that we are able to fellowship with you. Keep us moving ever forward in our growth and our relationship with you. For this, I praise and I give you thanks, my Lord. I really do thank you, Lord. I really thank you for what you have done. You are mighty. You are glorious. You are wonderful. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. for All of you come faithfully. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. May um, the Lord provide for you more and more and more of himself so that you are definitely growing in his grace and living out the abundant life okay guys that's it for me if you have anything you want to say please type it in for all of you who like the show I really do thank you also <laughs> thank you Tony for being here thank you Donny, Teeny, Shrees, Fresh and Spaces, Reams God bless you all it is a privilege to have you um, sit with me to fellowship with me, and I don't take it, um, you know, I don't just, like, stumble over this. It's really quite lovely, and I bless the Lord for you, and I hope that all things are well. So now we are been, you know, we dined at this wonderful table set by who? None other than the Father. It's always the Lord who does a thing. He does it better than any of us could, and so these delectables are ours for the taking Go into the scriptures as I have gone into them. And I must go again and pick out, you know, the stuff. You like everything, so you don't have to choose. You just take it all. (laughs) It's there for you. (laughs) May the Lord God bless and keep you. And by his grace, of course, we shall meet again very soon. Unless you have something that you would say. Anyone that wants to, you can always... um, you know, request to sit as co-host and speak again. So I invite you every week to do that. And you can also write your comments. I would love it. Any comments that you have. Um, I would definitely love to. <laughs> I thought you were in here already, Miss Donnie. So she must have gotten kicked off. All righty then. Well, with that, if nobody has much to say, I bid you a very, very wonderful good night till we meet again, or good morning, or good afternoon. See you.